reading is taken from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, and you'll find it on page 59 in your Bible. Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those of us of a certain age 
will remember a musician and guitarist of the 60s called Frank Zappa. Now, his music actually passed me by, but my son, who's a musician, tells me that he was a most brilliant guitarist. The thing I remember most about Frank Zappa is what he called his kids. Can anybody remember some of the names he gave them? Dweezil, Dweezil. that's one. Moon Unit, Unit. yeah. Moon Unit and Dweezil. (laughs) And I thought, I wonder how they got on, because, you know, how do they survive school for a start? So I looked them up the other day, and uh, actually, they've both done quite well. One of them's um, in uh, the entertainment industry, and uh, she does a lot of presentations. The other one's working behind the scenes in the music industry. And the only problem they seem to have is with their siblings who have got the rights to the name Frank Zappa and they're not allowed to use it. So as always in families, there are these sort of differences of opinion. Now many celebrities obviously today give their kids strange names. But sometimes they're quite lovely and they grow on you, don't they? I I think Peaches is quite nice. I quite got used to that. Peaches, yeah, that's right. I remember a couple actually who um, called Mr. and Mrs. Rose and they thought that it would be lovely to call their daughter Wild. Wild Rose. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Only trouble was, she married a bloke called Bull. And Wild Bull doesn't, <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? I expect most of us have checked out our names at some point or another. And we've looked them up. And where does our name come? What do our parents give us the name that we've got? So I looked up Martin. And uh, Martin is based on the Roman god of war. So I'm oh, not too keen on that. But I did come across a Saint Martin who lived in the 4th century. And uh, apparently he was one who looked out for beggars and so on. And one night he was out in the cold and the dark and he tore his coat in half and gave it to the beggar. So I thought, that sounds all right. Early soup run, you know, 1,600 years ago. I'm sure sometimes we might wonder if our names reflect our characters. And uh, sometimes in the Bible they do. Um, But for us, maybe our characters are completely different. I thought I'd see whether there was anything on Martin. I found this strange website which said this. And I'll tell you what it said about Martin. Secret and shy, Martin is also bad-tempered, giving the impression that he might explode at any moment, and he doesn't always have an easy character. Feet on the ground, head in the clouds, you never really know where he is. But one thing is certain, he enjoys life and loves good things. Martin is both extroverted and introverted. He needs to maintain contact with the outside world while having a clear tendency to retreat into himself to fully pursue his inner life. With sometimes hesitant morality, Martin is quite opportunistic and adapts his attitude in accordance with circumstances without always worrying about moral values. Tolerant, more due to indifference and greatness of mind, Martin lives a fairly indecisive life. (laughs) Well, there we have it. Bad-tempered, indecisive, dubious morals, indifferent and hedonistic. You say, "Tell tell us something new. Well, I hope not. Um, thank God that even if this stuff is true about my character that he's chosen me and he's changed me as he hasn't done for any, any Christian we've all become new creations it's really good news isn't it if we give ourselves over to the Lord then he can and he will change us whatever our character and if we want evidence that that is possible we only have to look in the Bible generation after generation The Lord took losers, murderers, wasters, prostitutes, hedonists, selfish people, and he called them into his service by transforming them. Now Moses was one such individual. A murderer, some would call him a loser, he thought he'd blown it. His thoughts of achieving great things for his people, the Hebrews, were out of the window. 
He, as far as he was concerned, would spend the rest of his life fairly uneventfully making a living for his family by looking after his father-in-law's sheep. I guess, as far as Moses was concerned, this was it. After all, he'd been doing the same job for 40 years. He'd reached the age of 80, and all he could think wistfully is what might have been. Anyway, little did he know that the best was yet to come. God had not given up on him. And in response to the cries of his people, he chose this failure of a man, this loser, to lead his people out of Egypt. Now, a burning bush in the desert was not unusual. But this bush kept burning and burning. So it arouses Moses' curiosity. So he went to have a closer look. And as he draws closer, he hears the voice of God calling him. God explains that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hides his face. He knows he is unable to look at God. He is afraid, very afraid. God explains to Moses what his task will be. But Moses' self-esteem is so low that despite God's call in his life, he feels the task is beyond him. And we read in later chapters how Moses objected and said he was incapable of doing what God had called him to. But God reassures him and keeps on reassuring him until Moses is ready to carry out his request. During the course of this amazing conversation, Moses asks God, What is your name? Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name, then what shall I tell them? God answers, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. The name Yahweh is the most sacred name for God. The Israelites preferred to use the word Adonai, meaning Lord, because Yahweh is too holy a name. We can learn a lot from the Israelites to this day and age, can't we? People have become too casual with God's name. We hear it all around us. We don't watch a television program without the name of God being taken in vain. And sometimes it's difficult for Christians to avoid casually saying things like, oh, for God's sake, you know what I mean? A sense of irritation, a throwaway remark. If we do say this as a habit, we really should be working on trying to stop that. It's a thoughtless statement, and if it's the God that we love, then clearly we should be revering and honouring him. What do other people think who aren't Christians if we use his name casually? So what does this sacred name, Yahweh, actually mean? Well, the Israelites combined these two words, Adonai and Yahweh, and eventually came up with Jehovah. And that's a name we'll be hearing a lot of in the next few weeks when we look at uh, the various names of God. But today... We'll be looking briefly at the name that underpins every name by which God is known, Yahweh. It is a name reserved for the one true God and appears more than 6,000 times in the Old Testament. So whenever we read the name Lord in the Old Testament, it is generally an English replacement for Yahweh. There are three things I just wanted to draw out quickly this morning. The name Yahweh means that God is eternal. I am encompasses everything. It's hard to grasp, isn't it? that God is eternal. I don't know whether you've seen the photographs from the Hubble satellite about stars and universes that lie beyond this universe. And it seems to go on and on and on and on. And some of the light from the stars are billions of light years away. It's mind-blowing. But the Lord created all of it. And it would always be here. Imagine space, empty space. It always existed and always will. But the Lord was here. 
And he filled that space with great things, and he will continue to do so. His creation carries on. Even the Bible says in the beginning, but God existed before the beginning. So God is eternal. The name Yahweh means that God is unchangeable. His name is I am, not I was or I will be, I am. The God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. In an ever-changing and unreliable world we, can, world, we can rely on God, our rock. In debate, Jesus made an amazing claim about himself. He was criticized for saying that if anyone kept his word, they will never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, they said indignantly? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? It's then that Jesus makes this astounding claim. Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. They were so incensed that they wanted to kill him at this point. But we know this to be the truth. The writer to the Hebrews picks it up when he writes, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is God. Jesus emphasizes the point over and over. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Picking up on all the symbolism and pictures of Israel and replacing them with himself. He knew what he was doing. The name Yahweh also represents an unbreakable promise. God is an intimate God who knows us personally. He will never leave us or forsake us. Look at what St. Paul says. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Yahweh is eternal. Yahweh is unchangeable. Yahweh makes an unbreakable promise. Now Jesus knew what he was doing when he said, Abraham, before Abraham was, I am. It wasn't a question of mistake. Well, I've really done it now. He knew that this statement would lead to the cross. He just knew that. So why did he go through this deliberately? Why did he go through all this pain and suffering? Well, he did it for us. And all, though the crucifixion, in all its horror, seems like defeat, it is, of course, a mighty victory over sin and death. Jesus has brought salvation to us. And as we contemplate the Lord hanging on the cross, flanked by two criminals, where do we stand? What are we thinking? He's calling each one of us by name this morning. As with Moses, there may be some here today who regret some previous bad decisions and are living with the consequences. There may be those who've heard God's call in the past but took the easy option, decided to stay within a safer place. They may, there may be some who wonder wistfully what life might have been like had they been obedient to when, when God called. There may be others who were impatient and made things happen that weren't entirely of God. Well, the good news is that God hasn't ever given up on us, even if we feel that we've failed. This God knows everything about us, not just our name. It doesn't matter whether we're a moon unit, dweezel, or just plain old Martin. He knows us and loves us. Are you a person who says, I'm just not a very good Christian? 
So fingers crossed, I might scrape into heaven. Or are you a person who recognizes that when Jesus says, I am, he was offering us a way. This free gift will enable us to enter into his presence forever. After all, the greatest promise of all is in John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If we are unsure or uncertain, if we have never trusted the Lord Jesus, then now is the opportunity. I believe there may be some here this morning who have never put their trust fully in God, have not received this free gift of salvation. Well, now is the opportunity. You can do it at any time. If you feel that God is calling you this morning, then respond. Maybe a bit like Moses when he was tending the sheep. Just maybe for you, there is a burning bush. Why not approach it and find out what Yahweh has for you? Shall we pray? I believe what God is saying to us this morning is that no matter who we are, where we've been or what we've done, he's waiting for us. He knows us. He knows our deep inner fears. He knows all about us, all our joys, all our disappointments. And he wants us to know him. Father God, we thank you that though you are the creator, the magnificent, everlasting to everlasting, you sent your son Jesus. You sent Jesus to be here on this earth to walk with us and to show us the way. So Lord, we just pray this morning that each of us will recognize that and put our lives wholly in your hands. Help us to respond to you when you call our name. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.